Welcome to Journaling with Nature, the podcast for those who want to turn curiosity into wonder, a pencil sketch into a rabbit hole of discovery, a moment of stillness into a life full of joy. I'm your host, Bethan Burton. Let's open the pages of our nature journals and explore this world together. Hello, this is episode 112. I hope you're doing well. I've just spent the weekend with a group of wonderful people at a small local festival, which was focused on bush regeneration, connecting with the land and connecting with people. And I'm feeling full and happy and ready to start a new week. And this conversation I'm about to share with you makes me really happy too. I'm speaking with Miria Brandorf who is from the Netherlands, and it was so good to speak with her. She's leading the way in bringing nature journaling to the Netherlands through her work, and she's recently published a book in Dutch about nature journaling. And as you'll see, she lives from the heart and loves to experience the world by paying close attention to her senses and what she experiences through her senses in nature. Miria has been keeping a sketchbook since she was a child, and during our conversation she showed me her original sketchbook that she created when she was a young girl to identify birds, and as well as that she showed me some pages from her more recent sketchbooks. So that you, the listener, can get a sense of what I was seeing, I tried to describe the sketches that Miria showed me, and I've put some of the pages up on my website below this episode so that you can see them too. So now, let's listen. Thank you so much for joining me. I can't wait to have this chat with you. It's been a long time in the making. <laughs> I'm so happy to meet you finally. And um, I really was looking forward to speaking to you and talking about nature journaling. And Yes. yes. Fantastic. So I know of you that you have loved nature since the beginning, as long as you can remember. And that you've been carrying around a sketchbook since you were a child as well. And... I'd love for you to tell me some stories about that yourself as a child who loved nature. How how did that all start? Yeah, I can only remember that I have loved nature. Um, yeah, it's uh, a very long time. And when I was, I think, eight or nine years old, I started carrying a little sketchbook with me. And um, yeah, it started with birds. And I sketched uh, a lot of birds outside and took the, the inside and then looked it up in the field guides, what kind of birds I had seen outside. So, yes, yeah, I, I have taken it. Uh, <laughs> listeners cannot see it, but I can show you. That's your um, original sketchbook? Yes. And uh, yeah, here you oh, can wow. see. It's uh, beautiful. Uh, I think it's... Um, uh, bullfinch in English, I don't know for sure, but yeah, it's full of these sketches, mainly birds. So for the listener, I'm looking at little sketches, some te- a bird sketch, uh, labeled just like a nature journal, um, yeah. with descriptions of the birds, pages Lots and pages of- and pages. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot and. Yeah, I, I continue doing that. I think, um, yeah, 
And so I was. How did tell me about that? How did it start? How did you become? How did you even know to do this as a child? It was just instinctual, or did someone guide yeah. you? Did you have a mentor? No, no. I started myself. I was yeah. I was always interested in nature and wanted to know more. And I also liked um, drawing a lot. Mm -hmm. I was always drawing, not only nature, but um, all kind of things. Mm -hmm. And I love writing stories, so it was always uh, that combination I really loved. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, and it started with birds and then um, butterflies and flowers. And yes, it became more and more. <laughs> so tell me about the nature that you had around you when you were a child and how you experienced that. What did you see? What were the places that you used to play and experience as a child? Um, I lived in a, in a village um, um, and I... Uh, could go outside a lot in beautiful nature. It was a bit um, forest and um, moor. Do you uh, moor? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Do I pronounce it? Um, a lot of water, and we had a beautiful river uh, nearby. And when we were older, we had also uh, canoes, and we can uh, go on the river with the canoes. And yeah, I I think I had a very beautiful youth, playing a lot outside and a lot of beautiful uh, nature. Yeah. In my area. How did it develop from there? You're already keeping Nature Journal. Uh, I often ask my guests, when did you come to Nature Journaling? But you, you came to it so early and I'm so interested in how that developed over time and where you were drawing your inspiration and influences and how your Nature Journaling developed to where you are now. How did, from, that pers from that young person who was eight years old drawing birds... What happened next with your nature journal journey? Um, I think um, I had beautiful um, pencils, drawing pencils. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I bought beautiful drawing pencils when I was 12 or something. And I, I was making my sketches more beautiful and more inside. So I, um, I spent more time on my sketches. And I think it developed more to art than um, field sketches and mm -hmm. um, when I grew older I became more interested in art and yeah I think it was more getting into that direction and when I was I think 30 I started with um, yeah with the nature uh, sketches again and um, first only pencil and I wanted always to draw with watercolor and I started watercolor and finally <laughs> I also succeeded it uh, I did several times but yeah put it away because it was uh, it was not beautiful but then I succeeded and uh, now I, I um, discovered um, the nature journaling community and I thought mm -hmm. oh, I'm not the only one and yes. that was the moment it's it was getting bigger and bigger and yeah I got already inspired yes that's fantastic and yeah so now you're pioneering the nature journal space in the Netherlands it, it you wrote about it not being a very big or well-known practice in the Netherlands but you're really um you're really working to change that, and I love the work you're doing. Yes, it's not uh, <laughs> not uh, well known uh, at all, and uh, I, I can 
um, I can feel it is changing now. Yeah, yes, it's growing slowly, but it's growing and I think that's great. And uh, yeah, I hope it will uh, grow bigger in the Netherlands. And yeah. yeah, and so it's really important, I think, that resources are locally specific and in lo the local language. So it's yes. really important to have Dutch as uh, the language because, I mean, language is so connected with place. There's local yes. words. There's words for animals that are local. I'd love to hear you speak about that, the importance of language and ha having nature journaling resources in the language of that place. Yeah, I think that is very important that you can, yeah, you have resources in your own language because a lot of names, as you say, from animals, plants uh, are in, yeah, uh, in their own language. And all these mainly plants have stories and it's in different yeah. parts of the Netherlands. They have different names and different stories. And I think that's great about language. It's, yeah, it makes it a lot um diverse it's also a connection to history yeah yeah absolutely and so congratulations about your book you've published a book about nature yes. journaling thank you thank you <laughs> tell me about this process it's fantastic and i love to hear more about it oh it's um i was starting to put my nature journal pages uh, on the blog and uh, then also on social media and that was uh, also the time I found the International Nature Journaling uh, community, which I'm very grateful for, because otherwise I, I, was not, I had not come that far. Um, but um, that blog was um, seen by uh, women from, um, yeah, how do I say this? Um, I don't know, I don't know how to call it, but she thought it was very beautiful to make a book out of it. And uh, she asked me, and I said, okay, um, yeah, let's uh, start doing this. And uh, I didn't know at all what happened to me. But, uh, yes, <laughs> it was such a beautiful process. And uh, so it was very special. And in May it uh, was released. And, yeah, I uh, get a lot of uh, beautiful um, comments on that. And Yeah. Yeah, so good, so inspirational. Yes. And that it is... Uh, because there's a lot of resources in English and that you're pioneering this space in Dutch is so valuable and so important. And I, I just hope that it spreads far and wide. I think it's a beautiful practice and that you're, that you're bringing it to the Netherlands is really, really wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> I can hope, I, I hope I will inspire a lot of Dutch people and also from uh, Belgium. It's uh, the country underneath the Netherlands and they also have a part speaking uh, Dutch. Yes. yes, so good. And so what was yes. the process of writing the book like? Did you just gather, did you gather ideas for the chapters and then create drawings or did you pull drawings from your blog? How did it, what was the process May like? It was mainly uh, pages from my journal yeah, I went to my old journals and I mm -hmm. thought, oh, okay, I, I had to go back and 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 uh, think, what is it? What I'm doing? How am I? Uh, yeah, what what's my process? I really yeah. had to go yeah. to think of my process, my nature journaling process, and that was also very valuable for me, because I I just was 
I was just busy. Yes. Not thinking at all. Just doing and it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so tell me about your process. I read that you have a field notebook that you take out for writing and quick sketching in in the field and then you might come home and do some more finished drawings in your special nature journal. I'd love to hear more about the actual yes. process you go through with creating a nature journal. Uh, yes, I have to think a bit now <laughs> for the right words. <laughs> <laughs> I do different things. Um, actually, <laughs> a lot of different things. I do a lot of experimenting also. Mm-hmm. So this page, I don't know if you can see it. It's uh, yeah. an autumn page yeah. with all autumn colors and yeah. uh, woodpecker here. <laughs> and this was made totally um, outside. Yeah. I, yeah, I was in the forest here and all, yeah, everything sketch and watercolor was outside. But sometimes I only sketch um, outside and then the color I put on when I'm inside. Or these are, these are little. Oh, it's divine. I love it. Landscapes. It was quite cold outside. So sometimes I also take pictures and then. Um, sketch from there yeah yeah and what are your favorite uh favorite materials to take with you when you're out versus what you use when you're at home do you have different Um, materials for different situations uh no (laughs) actually Mm -hmm. not i take watercolor and um, a fine liner most of the time Mm -hmm. but when i'm uh inside i don't like my um uh, water pencils. I have water pencils when I'm working outside. Mm-hmm. And I really mm-hmm. like them outside, although it took me a year to get used to them. Okay. And when I'm inside, I like to uh, use watercolor with a normal uh, brush. Yeah, brush. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you <laughs> yes. don't like the, the water brush it, or the pencils that are watercolor pencils? Uh, the water brush. Okay, water so you brush. use the water brush outside but not inside? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. I like sense. them outside, but not inside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I must say, I'm not a fan of the water brush. I can understand it practically. I think that it's a great tool and super useful. And I've, I haven't got, I haven't got used to it yet. But some people mm-hmm. love it for both outside and inside. No, no, not for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But outside, it's it's great. Yeah, I don't have to carry water, and yeah, mm-hmm. I can very fast put color on the page, and I like yeah. that. Yeah. So you talked about uh, that you were sketching outdoors, and it was really cold. And I see a theme in your work, which is seasonality or a connection with the seasons. And you've written about. Uh, finding a cool place to sketch in the summertime and also the other extreme, which is, you know, the challenges of sketching outdoors in winter. I'd love to hear you talk a little about your connection with the seasons and what's that like in in a place where the where the seasons are quite dramatically different from, from um, month to month. Uh, yeah, I, I really love uh, seasonal changes and... Um recorded them in my uh, nature journal it's very inspirational and I think it's also um, 
uh, to make a connection with these changes and with the, with the nature uh, around me. It's, it makes me feel more connected to mm. my surroundings. And mm. yeah, that's also what I like about it. Yeah, when I'm outside uh, sketching, the temperature, um, whether it's very warm or cold, it's, it affects my, um, uh, who I am and who I, um, what I'm drawing and the way I am drawing. So that's very interesting because nature, it's, it's not only um, making a beautiful picture on my page, of, but it's also... When it's cold, I have to draw very fast because I'm getting cold or getting cold hands or I'm not comfortable. So that really makes another page than when it's 20 degrees and it's very comfortable outside. Yeah, yes. I can take yes. more time. And I think it's wonderful to see that back on the pages that it's, yeah, nature is affecting me and my drawings. Yeah. Yes, I love that. And it changes your movements. It changes the yes. energy that you bring. Yes. There might be a more sort of um, high-intensity energy in, in winter because you're getting things yes. done so that you can get warm. I really have to look fast what I think is important mm. and, and, mm. and what I want to put on the page. And that's more... Um, you cannot put very much detail in it. So you have yes. to pick the most important things out of it. it I can like be very that. Powerful, yeah. Yeah, it's like a almost like a um, a haiku poem. Like you just have to yes. distill it yes. down. <laughs> yeah, I I mean that. Yes, and I can show you one. It's oh, this yes. drawing. I made it outside when it was. I think um, it's maybe here. It was minus two degrees wow okay <laughs> and you can see little um uh, yeah the, the ice well, it was yes. ice on the page here oh yes the ice it, is affecting it was the, freezing uh, the paint yeah wow yeah. and it's and you've captured time. something very atmospheric and um but i can see that you've chosen the details quickly i love it yes it was very quick <laughs> indeed <laughs> and another time I went sketching outside and it was minus six or seven, I think. And then it was that cold. I could not use my watercolor anymore. So oh. there were thick ice crystals on my brush and in my paint. Oh. And I was afraid I was, <laughs> I, I, no, I could not, uh, I could not draw anymore. <laughs> so wow. the next time I was outside, I took um, colored pencils, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. And I made this tree. Yes. So, so again, the weather is affecting your choice of materials because yes, some it just cannot I use. Not, yeah, I do not use a lot of colored pencil in my work, and yeah, I re I think it's difficult. Mm -hmm. um, I love this. But here, I, uh, I I wanted to draw outside, and I had yeah. to use them. Yes, amazing. Um, and so I saw that you were giving a winter workshop and I think that's a lovely way to, um, to bring the seasons to other people as well, to, to celebrate what's going on and to, um, to share that winter experience. And, um, I'm wondering about your workshops and if you could tell me about more about that, about the winter workshop, but also how you how when you started teaching nature journaling and that experience in itself 
Okay, I started uh, this year teaching nature journaling because of my book. People asked me uh, uh, yeah, to teach and uh, start yeah. workshops. And uh, yeah, it's, um, it's very, uh, I, I really like it. I really like to connect with other people and I teach them. Um, so uh, not only, um, a lot of people think it's about drawing and making pretty mm. pictures. And I really love to teach people to observe and that it's, a tool for observing and not for um, making great uh, artwork <laughs> that it's very yeah it's when you start nature journaling you will probably learn a lot better drawing or whatever you like but it's not uh, it's not um, the only thing it's about yeah. observing and being and connecting with nature and I think that part is what I really like uh, to, to yeah to tell and teach other people yeah. How do you how do you make people feel at ease when they come to the class and maybe they want to connect with nature but they haven't started to feel comfortable making art? How do you make them start to feel comfortable? Um, I think I always start explaining about observing nature and the joy of observing nature. And um, it's not only with the eyes but also the ears. And I also let people uh, smell and feel uh, little branches or leaves. Or I always take things with me from nature. Or I, uh, in summer I go to a beautiful place in the forest or a uh, um, yeah, beautiful moor area. And uh, yeah, I really um, encourage people to use uh, their senses. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I uh, start drawing with um, blind contour sketches. So mm -hmm. I really like to um, get that yeah the, the tension from making pretty pictures. I want to get it away, and I think blind contour sketches are great. A great tool for that and I always hear people say oh it's it is fun and uh, I really love to do this more often and yeah I really like to start that way yeah I agree I think that's one of the best tools for helping people start the workshop laughing and with a light heart because yes. a lot of people come and they're nervous or worried and when you do this uh, practice, nobody can stop themselves from laughing. <laughs> yes, and I also, I I always do a blind counter sketch in front of the people. So I am working with <laughs> something and I draw and they, say, and they see me drawing yeah. very wrong yeah. things. And it <laughs> yeah. also works. <laughs> Yes, I love it. I think demonstrating imperfection or demonstrating you yes. know, a freedom in your own art uh, helps people have that freedom in their own. Yes, yeah, I think that's uh, you said that very beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so there's so many different reasons why people nature journal, and I'm wondering about your motivation and what your main focus is. So for me, my main focus was always self-care and relaxation and um, connecting with a calm place. Um, and others do it for scientific reasons and so some people do it to connect with their own garden. I'm wondering what your main motivation and focus is for your nature journal practice. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think that changed over the years because mm. um, when I was a child, it was mainly curiosity. I think it was uh, yeah scientific. I wanted to know more about the birds and the butterflies and the little uh, flowers and uh, insects in uh, my area. And I think over the years, I think I realized I uh, connected more to nature when I was nature journaling. And I think that is my main, uh, yeah, how do I say that, main purpose? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the main purpose is connecting yeah. with nature. That's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So you uh, you work as a nature guide for primary school children, and I'd love to hear more about that, your experience uh, as a nature guide. Yes, that's great. Uh, I um, work with primary school children from uh, yeah, about four, year, four years old until 12 years old, and I take classes outside um, beautiful uh, for beautiful nature uh, experiences and yeah it's uh, on, in very different areas um, in the forest on the beach um, yeah a beautiful lake and um, I have different themes and I uh, uh, I have a lot of freedom mm. to also be creative in what I um, teach children and the way I can uh, and do that. And that's, that's really great. Yes. That's yeah. so fantastic. And um, is it with one particular school or do you, try, do you go from, do you spend time with children from different schools? It's uh, from different schools. Yeah. Okay. Yes. How fantastic. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the importance of guiding children towards nature in these early years. I mean, you had lots of nature experiences as a child, and I really yeah. strongly believe that when we foster a love of nature and a curiosity in young children, it's something that they take with them. It's something that somehow becomes part of them and as they continue on. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about that, the importance of giving this gift of appreciation and curiosity in nature when they're when they're young yeah i totally agree with that and uh, i think it's all about uh, connection nature connection and i um, always focus on um, to help the children connect with the nature in their own area and be uh, curious and exploring and um also, seasonal changes. I want to make them aware of things that are very normal in their uh, surroundings, but they, um, yeah, they don't see it or mm. they don't know mm. what it is. And I really love to uh, teach them about it and make them curious and make them ask questions and uh, explore it. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked on your blog about how nature journaling helps us see the extraordinary in something ordinary. And I think this yeah. is a really powerful, powerful thing. Can you talk a little about that? Yeah, I'll try. Mm. <laughs> because I, I I, feel I have not enough English words for explaining. You're doing amazing. <laughs> you're, you're amazing. I'm so inspired by you. You're doing uh, really thank well. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to have more words to explain this very important thing for me because that's yeah. a key. You're doing thing, you're doing beautifully. Oh, <laughs> thanks. 
Um, yeah, it, it's very important. I think when you look closely at something that's very normal, you maybe don't even notice it before. And when you start being curious, you start exploring it and also seeing new things, asking questions, and a whole story is, yeah, is, is developing. And yeah, that is what I really, really love. Yeah, I like how you said story because there's so many stories around us yeah. in nature and we just have to sit and watch them. And even the story of, you know, a bee visiting this one particular flower or a bud opening over a period of days or really, really simple things like an ant carrying a seed above its head or something like that. Wow, like when we take a moment to watch and listen to these nature stories, like you say, they're wondrous, yeah. they're exciting to, to watch them yes. unfold. Yeah, and when you really feel it, what is happening, and, and you really let it um, yeah, uh, get inside you, you think, oh, that's wonderful, how is this possible? It's, yeah, that's, always, yeah. That, that's happening with me when I'm nature journaling or... Oh, yeah, walking in nature or being in nature. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I have this experience and I, I wonder if you have it too, that there's a there's a feeling inside that's really profound of having shared a moment with another creature. So when you observe that little story unfolding, that ant, you know, um, carrying something home or, or whatever the story is or, or just a bird who comes down to see what you're doing or whatever it is, that there's a connection made with that particular individual ant or bird or butterfly. Uh, do you feel that too, that there's, a, there's something profound in being in the same space with another creature? Yes, I, I think when I'm nature journaling, um, yeah, something special is happening because mm -hmm. I'm I'm sitting or standing still, and I I get um, uh, one with the surroundings. I do I say this? Yeah, yes. and um, I'm not just a passenger. I'm I'm into it, and I think that's yeah. Maybe that's what you mean too. But yes. I think that's that's beautiful. Sometimes a dragonfly. Uh, comes on my page or um, I had a lizard in my nature journaling back uh, sitting on my nature <laughs> journaling back once and yeah th th these are very very special moments and when you're just rushing um, uh, yeah by you don't get really into these surroundings and into these yeah experience <laughs> yes absolutely and you have a project that you're working on that highlights this idea of the the extraordinary in the ordinary you've been um you've been painting and journaling wildflowers on the roadsides and on cycle paths and i think this is a yeah. wonderful way to highlight that simple things things that we see all the time but haven't taken time to notice can you tell me about that project yes it was um in spring i think i have it i have a lot of nature journals put on my table so I can uh, <laughs> look into them yes it's uh, it's this one yes Ooh. fantastic so it's a concertina book and yes. you're unfolding it and I can see 
um, moon, different moon phases and I can see um, different common plants as well as insects that maybe visit them. Yes. <laughs> and, and I wanted to sketch um, uh, the, um, the first time I saw the flower um, uh, when, yeah, when the flower was open. And it, it started with this one. Mm -hmm. it's, it's in January. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I was wondering what, what's coming first and what's the main color in nature? That was also mm -hmm. one thing I noticed when, when doing this. I think, I don't know how to, how to pronounce it. They, this one, it's a very Dandel common flower. Dandelion? Dandelion, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's a very common flower in the Netherlands and all over uh, Europe. And when it's, um, and it has its main time to, uh, to bloom, uh, then it's all yellow. Yellow on the, on the, <laughs> In the grasslands and yeah, and so ah, there so are the, the dominant the color that's dominating the, the landscape. Yeah, yeah, and mm -hmm. that was the color dominating the landscape. That was something I realized when I was doing the sketchbook that each flower has a time to bloom, mm. and there is also one color dominating mm. that time. So and that color connects with a sense of um, the year, the, the time of the year. Yes. So that yes. um, was something I realized that it's important to um, that it's not only um, the time on we are so much with the clock and the time um, when when we have a lot of appointments and being busy and we always look at our uh, <laughs> diaries and clock, but there's also this time outside and it sometimes seems that it's not important but i think it's very important to feel that uh, we are connected to our surroundings and we can also get that connection from the main color and the main color yellow says oh it's the time from the then the lions and it's spring and yeah i want to go outside and yeah that's yeah. Uh, oh yeah absolutely i'm nodding i'm nodding my head furiously because i think that it's so true it's so true that um connecting with the rhythms you know like you say we're we're connected with our clocks uh but connecting with the rhythm of the seasons and nature is so beautiful and and doing that through color is such a powerful thing i want to talk to you more about color about what it means to you and you do this amazing thing which is you uh, you do something almost like a monthly color wheel or a, a monthly phonology wheel of color. So you add the colors that you see around uh, the wheel each day. And I'd love to hear more about this. It's a fascinating practice and I want to, it's something I want to try myself because I think it's really powerful. I'd love to hear you speak about that. Yes, last year, April, I made a, a, a color wheel. I each, each day of April, I sketched in the main colors of uh, that day. And I was looking at the sky and at the um, trees and the, the plants outside and the water. And these main colors I put into that day. And I did that for each day in April. And I could see the colors change throughout the month. And 
It was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. What a wonderful thing. Is it something that you just decided to do? Had you seen someone else do it or did you just instinctively do that? I think I've seen those phonology wheels mm-hmm. and I was inspired by uh, the phonology wheels, but I wanted yeah. only to see the color change. And I thought yeah. April is a great month of seeing this color change because the trees are getting leaves and in the beginning of the month they are just bare branches and throughout the month a lot of uh, yeah leaves growing on the trees again and I wanted to see that change in only the colors. Yeah, such a fantastic exercise and I wonder, I mean these things are inside us and it's hard to find the words for them but I wonder if you have a sense of the feeling of the color of the Netherlands. It, I don't know if that even makes sense, but for me, uh, as someone who has been born and raised in Australia and uh, soaked in the colors of this landscape, I have a real sense of the colors of eucalyptus leaves and the colors mm. of the dry grass in summertime and the colors yeah. of the wattle. I'm wondering if you have that an inner sense of the colors of the Netherlands. Um, I think um, it's different in uh, the times of the year. Yeah, mm. Mm. in the winter time, it's um, colors are very different uh, than in the summertime. And I think, uh, but I like the skies in the Netherlands, and mm-hmm. I like. Uh, the, blue skies with very <laughs> big white clouds mm-hmm. and I think it's beautiful when it also reflects in the water there is a lot of water of course in the yeah. Netherlands and um, but I also like um, heather colors of heather and yes. more more um, has also beautiful colors and I like them in, in winter a lot with gray skies and mm. um, yeah the yellow grasses they are not green in in winter they are more yellow and it's a warm color and all the rest of the colors are very cool and yeah i like the color of those grasses yes that's fantastic isn't it a, such a wonderful thing just to sit down and notice the color that can be a whole nature journaling activity yes. and experience in itself absolutely yes there's so so much to discover in in color and color change i think yes yes especially in a place that has such strong seasonalities such a strong arc of change throughout the year the colors must change so yes. much but isn't it in australia that it's changing a lot when it's dry a dry season i, I I yeah, we have all our well, not not all of them, but most of our trees are evergreen. So there's a mm-hmm. there's a very green base to start off, uh, but the green itself is not the usual bright green that you get in forests in Europe, for example. Mm-hmm. It's it's its own color. It's like a dusky, um, a dusky muted green, um, and so the sort of base doesn't change. But when when we have summertime, certainly the grass gets yeah yellow yellowy brown and um and then there's other seasons where things happen and they and if you pay attention, they can characterize that season or that 
time of year for you. So here in my city, we have lots and lots of um, trees called jacarandas and they're not native, but they're very, very common street trees mm. here. And they, in uh, October, November, they start to flower and they have uh, intensely like completely covered in purple blossoms and these blossoms when you drive through the city or you're anywhere in the suburbs you just see this purple everywhere and it really characterizes um that time of year and it's interesting even this idea that uh that we're connected seasonally with the with the rhythms and there's a bit of a rhythm here in that some people talk about when the university students are doing their exams, mm-hmm. that's when the jacarandas are flowering. And I just love this um, connection with the yes. day-to-day and nature. I think that I that's really, really love that. sweet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And in the middle of the year, we have a lot of um, flowering acacias, fla- uh, flowering wattles, and they're intensely beautiful bright yellow and so middle of the year for me is just a yellow time of year the yellow and time I think, yes yeah I think that's, that's a really wonderful thing to reflect on and the rhythms of like what's happening when the jacarandas are flowering what's happening when when it's wattle time you know it's it's something beautiful and powerful but you have to take notice you have to yes. take the time mm. I really love that yes Tell me about poetry in your journal. Sometimes you use uh, poetry as a way to express yourself in your nature journal. Yes. Um, what can I tell about it? It's a very... Uh, yeah, when I'm in nature uh, sitting, I when I'm still, I sense so many things. And mm-hmm. yeah, I want to... Uh, I want to uh, write them down and express them and... Yeah, I think <laughs> that that really becomes poetry, but it's yes. not it's not meant to be a poem sometimes, but it's yeah, it's just um sentence I I feel, it's just feelings, I think. Yes. Yes, I see that. I can f- yeah, I can see exactly what you're talking about that there is sometimes when you're sitting in nature something really special about that particular moment and you can capture that moment with a sentence that becomes a poem yes yes i think you have explained it very well and i had such an experience not such a long time ago i was in the forest nearby and uh, it was about uh, the new year we we have winter time in when the new year starts a lot of a lot of people do have new year's resolutions and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of things um start again and there's mm-hmm. a lot of energy or something and i felt in nature when i was yeah in a beautiful place i can show oh sketch. wow so and a a lot of bare trees and grey yes. and this beautiful um, ochre sort of orangey brown on the on the soil along with the grey. Yeah, that's that's the color I I was talking about. Yes, this color. and uh, so the, all the other all the other uh, grey colors. I like the mm-hmm. contrast between. But I was looking at the sky and I thought this 
light is very uh, is not intense. It's very um, muted. Mm-hmm. Light, muted light. And um, I felt very um, very calm inside myself. I thought, oh, there is nothing I have to do now. Although it's mm-hmm. New Year, there's nothing I can be still. It can be still for a while and slowly. Um, yeah, more more energy, not not immediately, and not immediately, yes. and that's something I really sense when I'm outside, and I want to write it down, and <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like a poem. Then, what a beautiful moment to capture that there's a pause, maybe yes. a pause in between the two years, just for a moment before we pick up everything and start again. We don't have to start everything immediately again we can yeah i think nature is always is yeah yeah resting in winter in the netherlands and we can also um, look at nature and look inside ourselves and maybe we can um, these seasonal changes incorporate into our lives and see there's a rest and there is uh, periods of rest and periods of big energy and it's not uh, only um doing a lot of things you have to rest like nature and i think that's very uh good to realize absolutely i think following the that feeling following the the guidance almost of nature that Mm -hmm. this is our time (laughs) this is our time for stillness and it's okay not to be constantly on the go and this is this is a good time to take a pause i like that yeah. Has nature pauses in Australia in drier times? Plants will pause or... Um... Interestingly, we sort of pause in the summertime um, because it's too hot to be outdoors. Um, and so a lot of activities will be paused for the summer. Um, people, for example, if uh, will do less hiking or um Mm. activities outdoors because it's it's too hot uh or gardeners often pause in the summertime because it's too hot and everything everything gets dry and and burned uh so summer really is a pause time i mean we do get out and go to the beach and and all that but um i would say we take more of a pause in summertime yes Mm. yes I really, yeah, I really love hearing how it's different. Things, it's upside yes. down. <laughs> yes, it's upside down, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I've asked guests about nature journaling as an activity of the head or an activity of the heart, and I'm wondering if you have a sense of which of those it is for you. Very, I can feel that you're very intuitive and that you have a lot of feelings in nature and I'm wondering about that is it both is it one of those dominating what do you feel when I ask you that I think for me it's now definitely the heart Mm. but it was more of when I was I think I was a child it was more of a head thing Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's interesting that it's changed over time yeah maybe priorities change and as we get older we maybe need more downtime or more connective time. I mean, kids are naturally 
brains open and curious to the world. And yes. it's interesting to hear you say that it's changed over time. I think it's my seasonal change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you still seem very, very curious and open to everything around you. And I love watching your work because you don't have one specific thing necessarily that uh, that you focus on. You you draw birds and flowers and everything else. And one of your blog posts that made me smile a lot was that you talked about your top five in insect encounters for <laughs> in that particular year. Tell me about that, about being just so curious, wildly curious oh. about everything. Sometimes it's it's not very easy because I I'm interested in almost everything in nature and I'm I cannot um, choose one thing and <laughs> tell me about the insects of the five yeah. top five insects of the year. Oh, it's about it's a few years ago. Uh, one of the things I remember is um, uh, it's a beetle and mm -hmm. this beetle takes care of. Uh, of her children and it's also <laughs> communicating with her children and it was such such a beautiful story it and I saw a beautiful beetle and I I draw it in my nature uh, journal but um, then I looked up something about this beetle and uh, it was such an interesting story and yeah <laughs> and again the that idea of connecting just in that moment with that particular individual animal is a really powerful thing to watch the story of a beetle as she goes about her day. Yes, and it was also together with my youngest son. And when we see uh, this beetle again, then we also say, oh, yeah, we, we have seen this before. It's also a connection between us. Yes. Do you nature journal along with your kids? Are they interested in nature journaling? No, they're not interested in nature journaling, but um, they, uh, I took them uh, a lot outside um, and they know a lot about nature and mm -hmm. they also enjoy um, uh, nature, but not the way I do. They don't like drawing or mm -hmm. <laughs> sketching mm -hmm. and uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you also play the harp and yes. it's an incredibly beautiful instrument and you post videos of yourself playing music in with a nature theme and I would love to hear you speak about this relationship between music and nature in your life. Um yeah, sounds in nature really affect me. I really uh, love um, bird sounds and and um, grasshoppers mm -hmm. uh, sounds. They also give me a sense of um, the time of the year. Um, it's e or it's evening or in the morning or um, yes. I really uh, love that and yeah, I love I love bird songs a lot and um, music. I think it's um, also great to uh, communicate an, an atmosphere and mm -hmm. yeah, that can connect with a time of the year or uh, an animal or flowers and yeah, I really love that. This connection with seasonality is such a 
such an important topic and so, something that I love hearing you speak about. I was thinking, I was reflecting on this recently, actually, because I was hiking at Christmas time with my cousin and we were in this place, a forest, uh, and the sound of the cicadas was, was so loud. I was thinking, this is, this is actually beyond what, like, safe limit of sound. <laughs> it was really loud. And the way they, the sound, I guess they're communicating with each other because the sound mm-hmm. comes in a pulse. It's like they all start going and then they get so loud that it's hurting your ears and then and then it comes down again and then again a bit later it comes up in a pulse, oh. this intense sound. Uh, but this sound of the cicadas definitely is the sound of summer for me. And yes. I love that. I love that rhythm. And I guess until recently I hadn't reflected. You know, I think a lot about colour, but to think of like the sound of the season is is something else really powerful and wonderful to reflect on. Yes, it's something I really, um, this year I would like to... Uh, reflect on sounds more yeah. in my nature yeah. journal and I've started uh, with the sounds of January and then in February mm-hmm. I will again on the same place um, map the sounds on the, and then each month and I'm very uh, yeah I'm very excited about it and what it will bring yeah that's yes. a wonderful project I love that yes. thank you so much for joining me today it's It's been really, really heartwarming to talk to you and to hear all about the things you're doing. I find you incredibly inspiring and I'm really grateful that we had this chance to chat. I'm very, very uh, happy to speak to you, to chat to you. And I really, uh, yeah, I have no words. It's very special. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Miria. I love how connected she is with the seasons and how each season, the temperature and the conditions around her have an effect on the type of energy that she brings to the page in that moment. In winter, a light and quick energy, distilling the scene and capturing it quickly because she's cold or perhaps uncomfortable. And in summer, more details and more time spent on the sketches. I also especially love the way she spoke about sensing the seasons by tracking the different colours of a month or the different sounds that are heard each month. This is a powerful exercise and that I really also want to try in my own journals. So check out the show notes and navigate to the Journaling with Nature website where you will be able to see some of the specific pages that Miria shared with me during our conversation and also If you use Instagram and Facebook, use the links in the show notes to follow her there for more nature journaling adventures. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.